live from New York. It's Ask an Engineer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer. With me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. I uh, got a great show for you tonight. About one hour of the latest news and hacking, making, crafting, 3D printing, soldering, risk fiving, and more. Thanks to Liz, who just did show and tell. Let's kick it off. Tell them what's the code and what's on the show. That's right. On uh, tonight's show, the code is STEM Day because it is STEM, STEM Day in this part of the world and probably more. 10% off in the fruit store, all the way up to 11.59 p.m. New York time. We'll be talking about some of our live shows, including show and tell. Thanks, Liz, for doing that. Our Desk of Lady the highlights of the week, including the Great Search. JP's product pick of the week, a little bit of a recap and preview of what he's up to on JP's workshop, some advanced manufacturing made in New York City factory footage, some 3D printing video speed up some more from Naomi and Pedro. And we also have INMPI new product introduction this week. It is Beagle Board, Beagle Bone. Risk five fun brought to you by DigiKey. Got some top secret, got a bunch of videos, got a new product revision this week, cooking up a bunch of stuff, but we still have some stuff to share and show. We're gonna answer your questions. We're doing that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, where you can ask all the questions throughout the show. But towards the end is when we look directly into the chat and answer your questions real time. So stick around for that. All that and more on, you guessed it, ask an engineer. Now, it is time to remind you of something very important. <laughs> um, over the past few weeks, we've reminded folks who are watching our live show, it's a good idea to log into your Adafruit.com account. Make sure you have two-factor authentication enabled. Make sure you're ready to go because the way we do Raspberry Pi 5 sales is we've been doing these live on air and doing it for a few weeks. So maybe in a few moments, maybe in a few moments, uh, not this second, but maybe in a few moments, because we want to give people time, we might have a few Raspberry Pis we're going to put in stock. And it might be the Raspberry Pi. Um, eight gigabytes, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Right now, nothing's in stock. So I don't know. I don't know what to say other than make sure you're logged in and have two-factor authentication on your account. So with that being said, um, you get free stuff. Freebies when you order from the Adafruit shop. Place stuff in your cart and check out, and you will get some things. $99 or more, you'll get a beautiful two millimeter thick PCB coaster with a gold Adafruit logo on it. Comes with some bumpers. Uh, place more orders, get more coasters. Now you have a set of eight or four or six, whatever. One for nine or more, you get a free KB2040. It's a pro micro shaped and pinout compatible my controller board, but it comes with the RP2040. So it's even more powerful with eight megabytes of flash, USB-C, and NeoPixel buttons, Stemma QT. It's great for keyboard projects or any microcontroller project. Free shipping when you order $200 or more UPS ground. And last but not least, we're back to having the Circuit Playground Express for any order over $299. Uh, you'll get the CPX, which features the uh, at SAMD21, has buttons and sensors and LEDs, uh, NeoPixels, um, and it's a great board for learning microcontroller programming in CircuitPython, Code.org, CS Discoveries, Arduino, MakeCode, Lua, whatever, all sorts of Rust supports it now. Um, with all the hardware built in, you don't have to do any soldering. 
Okay, we do a bunch of live shows. Uh, just to show and tell, thank you so much, Liz. We're going to watch this right after Ask an Engineer. We do show and tell every single week, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can watch it later. You can participate on the show. We do it every single week on Wednesdays. So come by, show and share your projects. It's a good time. I'm going to mix up things a little bit this week because we're going to do the JP Workshop Highlight and we're going to do the product pick of the week. So Lady Ada has a moment to put in the Raspberry Pi hey, that we talked about. Wow, you're telling people. Yeah, we're going to do it right now. Oh, we're going to do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. Get your so, car ready. Um, we do JP's product pick of the week every single week. It's a live broadcast from the product page. This is this week's highlight. The Pi Gamer. So this is a really great handheld platform for game development as well as development of things that you want to screen some inputs on. It runs Arduino, it runs CircuitPython, and it's really great for MakeCode Arcade. To develop games, you kind of need this big framework with lots of stuff ready to go, and Microsoft has really delivered on that to, to give you a really seamless experience setting up learning how to create games, getting them onto your handheld. So I'll go ahead and turn this on, and you can see the little NeoPixels light up down there at the bottom and uh, it made a nice little sound. This is a game that I found that was in one of the uh, Microsoft game jams. Oh, it allows you to stop time and throw a throwing star. Oh, and that guy is good. He's, he doesn't want to get, all right. How about another one? Oh, I'm never going to beat that guy. Oh, he got me. Let's let him beat me. It is the Pi Gamer. Okay, JP's workshop is on Thursdays, and while Lady Ada is putting some things in the store, you can guess what they are. In fact, I'll bounce over here real fast. I'm going to hit refresh on the page. We do have Raspberry Pi 5s, 8 gigabytes in stock. This is just for the live viewers, so if you're watching later, sorry, but this is the best way to do it because all the back orders on all the sites aren't shipping for a while. We have a small number, and we're doing it live. Doing it live. Doing a live. So uh, anyways, back to um, <laughs> some video while we're um, putting some uh, things in the store behind the scenes here. Okay. Here is a highlight from JP's workshop that you might enjoy. You can build a customized Pokeball that plays back macros to your Switch using a Raspberry Pi Pico and the GP2040CE firmware. Here you can see I've just used the thumbstick to manually spin. Now I'm going to flip on the Switch for the USB cable, and as you can see, the macro Pokeball takes over and it'll spin indefinitely until we turn it off. Now this can be pretty much any button combo you can imagine, including things like turbo and precise timings. Check out the learn guide to learn more. Okay, so um, we do... Um a show on Sunday is called from Desk of Lady Ada. It's a glimpse into the uh, it's sick twisted the mind. sick twisted mind of in a world, in a world. with the lady of the, <laughs> this their desk this Sunday of torture. So uh, yeah. we're doing hard work. So what did you show in part one? This is usually when you're like, here's what's on my desk right now. Okay, so I've been working. Okay, so I worked on the Pi camera a little bit. Um, I got the two plates, the front plate, which is an LED. A uh, NeoPixel ring and um, also a backplate that's protective. Um, I think, I, oh yeah, uh, Melissa wrote a touchscreen controller for the 2.1 inch TFT, which uses a slightly different chipset than I thought. I thought it was a focal tech, but actually is a CST826 or whatever. She wrote an Arduino circuit Python library. Thank you, Melissa. I showed a revision of the 3.5 inch TFT feather wing. We are slowly getting through 
two years worth of revisions and updates I'm up to 500 revisions total some of these are bigger than others so i show off the big revisions uh the metro s3 got revised we're putting that in today and um the tft 3.5 inch tft featherwing is also being revised so Okay. It's happening. Um, we also do the great search. This is where Lady Ada uses the power of engineering to help you find new things on digikey.com. It's a lot more fun now because part shortage isn't over, but it's not as bad as it was peak part shortage. So what did you help people find this week on digikey.com? Okay, this week uh, we had someone who tweeted about um, this interesting material, which is, um... oh shoot, what's it called? Uh... Therm, therm. Ther it's thermal pads, graphite, graphene, graphite, thermal pads. Uh, and they talked about like this, like branded version. And they were like, oh, I want to find something equivalent on DigiKey. And I was like, okay, I'll find it out. And so, you know, um, showed off there's a lot of thermal pads available on DigiKey, different thicknesses, different settings. Um, I looked for the most thermally conductive one with the lowest resistance. Um, and you know, that's, and there's a couple different options available and you can definitely get like a really big sheet for the same price as like a little teeny square, uh, that you would get on Amazon. And, you know, I, I don't, there's no specs for the Amazon one. So like, I can't prove that this is better, but also there's no specs on Amazon. So I can prove that this one, at least the one that I picked is at least the best one you can get on DigiKeys, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, we did the JP's workshop stuff so i want to go over and talk about the pies that we just put in yeah um so there's um what's are they still in stock yeah they are we're doing okay they're they're still um okay. some raspberry pi 5 8 gigabyte, eight gigabytes one stock um real quick lady if if someone is wondering like if they have a four gigabyte one do they really need an eight gigabyte one do they really need it well look i mean i can't i'm not going to tell you whether you need it or not um i do know that if you're doing um kernel compilations if you're doing website hosting if you're doing uh, machine learning definitely machine learning where you want to have a lot of stuff in memory i mean eight gigs is a, is a significant chunk um if you're just using it as a day-to-day -day like like hardware hacking thing and you're not doing computationally intensive stuff uh you may not but if you're like oh i want to run a llama model um or do you know do vision recognition or if you're, doing, website. if you're doing video or like media streaming streaming yeah you'd want more ram basically yeah. video is very ram heavy ai is very ram heavy if you're actually using it as like a desktop computer where you want to browser windows and you're doing email checking and you're you, da, 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 yes more ram is going to help you um but if you're just like oh i want something that like plays an mp3 and blinks some leds when a sensor goes off and it sends like a message to Adafruit.io, but you can probably get yeah. it before. Um, some good news. It looks like the um, automated bots that look at sites and see if things are in stock, it looks like one of them might be down right now. So normally, even when we're doing these live on the show, they go pretty fast because like, you know, Twitter gets swarmed, but Twitter now called X um, is not as popular as it used to be too. And I think um, we are releasing these off hours. So if there is an issue with some of these bots that look at sites, um, usually the folks are you know, driving home from their day job and stuff like that. So, um, more for you, more, more, yeah, more chances, so, but more, don't get more, but get one. Yeah. There was a couple people in the, in the last times we've done this, where they were, um, tuning in a little late and they're just like, oh, I just, I just missed it. And you know, they weren't mad or anything. It just wasn't, um, it wasn't there. So let's see if we still have, yeah, it's looking good. Still good. Okay, no, great. So we'll, we'll bounce over throughout the show, but, um, these are the ones that everyone wants, 558 gigabyte. Go for it. Have fun.
Um, on Fridays, we have Deep Dive with Tim, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. This is when you can learn about the innards of CircuitPython and more. And speaking of CircuitPython, we're going to do our Python on Hardware newsletter highlights and more. Well, this week, you know, it's it's all Python on hardware. And so we have a few different things we're going to talk about. Um, I'm going to save this for part two of our little chatter here because someone in the chat said, what do you, how do you feel about ARM? Um, any thoughts about ARM investing in Raspberry Pi? That was in our newsletter this week. We, we have kind of an industry newsletter, I think. Now, if it's anything to do with things that Python runs on, we also cover it. Of course, the Raspberry it's well, Pi. It's relevant, definitely. Super relevant. Yeah. So if you if you follow the chip news, you know, um, ARM acquired a minority stake in Raspberry Pi. Um, that was announced last week. Strategic investment in Raspberry Pi Limited, the ARM of the Raspberry Pi responsible for the new Raspberry Pi 5 and past Raspberry Pi 5 products. So if you think about it, it's kind of interesting. So Sony is involved with Raspberry Pi. Yes, they already have a minority stake. Because Arm. they do the manufacturing Arm. in Wales. Arm is involved. Yeah. And then the quote says um, here, this is kind of interesting. Uh, the investment financial terms of which has not been made public comes a month after Upton spoke of interest floating the firm of London Stock Exchange at a $500 million valuation. And seven uh, months after Sony, which runs the Walsh production facility, which makes many of the Raspberry Pi boards, uh, made its own minority investment in Raspberry Pi. And this is another one where, um, you know, you can see we link to this if you want to see um, what uh, what stuff we got there. So, um you know, Lady Ada, what do you what do you think about this? Well, you're you're not you're you're not an analyst, but but you would be considered one if you started to go on like Mad Money. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Buy, sell. Some buttons. Yeah, um, yeah Raspberry Pi button. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I you know, I first off, it's smart of arm, right? I mean, you know, I think. Um, you know, Eben did an uh, interview and he said, you know, the RP1 chip that they put on every Raspberry Pi, um, every Pi 5, you know, they spent, I think he said, $15 million in development. It's a custom chip. And the RP2040 also acquired, um, you know, custom. it's a custom chip manufacturing that uses ARM Core. And um, I'm assuming the RP20, RP1 also, of course, is ARM Core. Um, and so they went from, you know, basically giving the money to um, a chip vendor to giving it to a chip licensing vendor. So it's smart for ARM to to come in and say, hey, you know, I want you to, um, I want to own a piece of this because uh, they are a driver of the technology. Um, Raspberry Pi computers and, you know, compute modules are used heavily in industry uh, and they are kind of the best in the market. I, I don't really see, yes, there are maybe Raspberry Pi killers that are, are faster and cheaper, but none of them are overall as good of an experience. Um, you know, and the Raspberry Pi is is solid. It's 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 consistent. Um, it survived a part shortage. It's still in high demand, which is why we're putting them in as we speak. Them. And I think you know, I don't know. You know, usually, I, I don't want to. You know, I'm not speaking for Raspberry Pi, but if I was Raspberry Pi, I would say, look, Arm, you can invest in us, but that doesn't restrict us from using different chipset instruction sets in the future. And I would think that would be wise of Eben, even though Arm, of course, is a, is a British, uh, I, don't think it's, I don't know if it's a British company anymore, uh, it's owned by SoftBank, I think, but it was started in, you know, England and so, or in Cambridge, and so he's probably near and dear to his heart. Um, but, you know, they, they might also be interested in looking into the future. There are other chips that can be interesting that said Arm has money and they have incentive to um, have the RP2040 succeed, having the RP1 succeed. Now they have 
they have incentive to provide good licensing terms, to provide support, since now Raspberry Pi is a silicon vendor. Uh, I think it's wise. I mean, I would, you know, do the same. If if, uh, if I was a ship licensee and a licensor was doing quite well, I would, um, you know, this, this way they're both invested in each other's success. Okay. And then um, other news, because um, we're going to bounce around. So, you know, our newsletter has a little bit of everything. Um, I'm going to go to the RISC V stuff in a second. There's an interesting post that's um, a follow-up to the BeagleBone coming out. Um, but check out the rest of the newsletter. It's spam-free. We have a separate site. You don't have to worry about anyone sending you other things or sales stuff in the mail. We don't, this isn't tied to your shopping account or anything. It's Adafruit Daily, completely separate site because we hate spam probably even more than you do. Um, but one thing that's interesting, because we made some badges a long time ago, um, Girl Scout has maker badges. They teamed up with Black & Decker. And there's neat ones for um, folks who want to show that they've made something in the maker world, uh, and they happen to be in the Girl Scouts. Um, the official Raspberry Pi Beginner Guide, fifth edition is out, and you can just check out all of the different things that's going on in the world of Raspberry Pi. We have projects of the week, We've got all the things that you can do with our stuff. We've got all the things you can do with our partners and resellers that we have, like Pi Maroni. There's a little bit of everything. Anything that you can possibly imagine to build. Lots of signs and displays. Lots of ways to get Internet of Things devices going. It is unending. Um, doom scrolling is the thing, but this is joy scrolling. Yes, it <laughs> because it's all words. it's all fun and good stuff. Um, GitHub Universe happened today. Apparently, you won an award. We're going to find out more about that. Congratulations, lady. Yeah, thanks. Um, but um, the other part that we wanted to talk about, because we have our INMPI tonight, and it's the BeagleBone um, uh, 5 fire. Yeah. Um, the BeagleBone V. No, it's a Beagle, it's a Beagle 5 fire. Beagle 5? Okay. Yeah, because it's RISC 5. That's 5. Um, okay. So there's a new single board computing on the computer, computing module on the block. It's the BeagleBone. And um, interesting enough, Bunny, who's kind of our, you know, like avatar almost of like the the open source. He's mentor, Scott. The open I source. I him in like a panda outfit and he's yeah, got a sign and the, he's like, risk five, risk five. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, I think he, he had his book. He had, he was he had a bunny character. Yeah. It's bunny. Sorry, it's a rabbit. Yeah. yeah. Not a panda. Um, Sorry, Bunny. So, um, Bunny has an open letter because there seems to be some proposals from U.S. lawmakers to restrict Americans working on RISC-V. And the reason is because they don't want China to have dominance in that ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, actually, us, while in, I was in, researching the polar flag, because I was wondering, you know, like, what, you know, what, what did this come from? So, um, you know, ARM... I'll say a lot of this is gossip, and so it's it's unsourced, and I'm I'm going by I'm, I'm repeating d gossip of gossip. Is that traditionally, you know, risk? Sorry, ARM has charged one to two dollars per chip, or sorry, one to two percent of the cost of a chip as licensing fees. Um, so you know, which is a reasonable amount, but they're start. You know, they they are owned by SoftBank, and they're kind of, ARM is sort of interested. Like, well, we should be making more money. Um, you know, we, our chips are powering Apple and, and Qualcomm and, um, that, you know, the biggest 
Marvell and, and MediaTek and the biggest chip manufacturers, and they're making billions and we're not making billions. And why aren't we making billions? And so they are kind of trying to up their prices. And they actually went to some of the um, Chinese uh, uh, chip manufacturing companies and said, hey, we were, we, how do you guys feel about upping the prices? And the, their companies are like, well, we're not into that at all actually um and i was like wait but you're like well i thought you'd be into giving us more money um why aren't you not and so there's kind of this little bit of argument right now because i think a lot of these companies um signed in for a certain percentage and now like arm wants a higher percentage or they want a percentage of the full device not just the chip i don't i don't know that of course is all under nda so nobody knows the exact details of what they're asking but um the the upshot is is that you know this is kind of pushing more chinese silicon vendors towards like well you know for this much money why don't we just retool and use risk five and you're seeing more risk five development happening um like espressif has moved you know their latest chips are moved from uh, the c6 for example has moved from 10 silica to risk five um and we're seeing also like you know we'll show this polar fire chip is what normally would be an, an arm core a powerful arm core on the previous beagle bone um beagle board uh, beagle board and BeagleBone boards, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they were all armed Cortex-A8s, and now they're, you know, maybe moving to Risk-V. So I think that there's like a combo here of ARM is trying to push for higher licensing fees, and Risk-V is getting much more mature. Um, so Risk-V is, is becoming a more um, aggressive and um, delectable target for chip vendors. Yeah. So Bunny has a blog post. You can just search for... Bunny blog, B-U-N-N-I blog, bunnystudios.com is the first post. And Bunny has a letter that he wrote to the Gov and has a little bit about Bunny, why RISC-V is important, why um, maybe we shouldn't restrict uh, Americans working on it, and maybe we can do something else, which is make some of these chips here. Uh, if it's a technology that's so critical to lots of things ahead, um, you know, you can invest in making chips. So um, we'll see how it goes. Um, it's interesting. There's a lot of intersection between, you know, geopolitical stuff right now and technology. So we're watching. It's another thing that runs <laughs> Python in some way. You know, we've got this BeagleBone um, that we were talking about from the newsletter um, this week. So, you know, it is here. It is interesting. This is probably the most interesting time to be doing electronics ever. Um, and tonight on INFPI, we're going to be talking about the, the new... Um, yeah, Polar Fire. Yes, interesting. Check this out. So that is this week's Python on Hardware News. You can get the newsletter delivered every single week. Go over to adafruitdaily.com. Don't forget, you can just look at it as a blog post. You can get an RSS feed. You can look at it on GitHub. We make it super easy to access the information the way you want it. At all times. Um, it was interesting. I mean, I just want to follow up because yeah. you know, we chatted about some, some people are like, well, what does this have you know, what does it have to do with Python hardware? Um, but as we saw with the RP2040, which is an ARM core chip, you know, a lot of it was designed for um, running Python on hardware. Like a lot of the choices that were made were, um, okay, if you're going to be using a interpreted language like Python, make sure it has a lot of RAM, make sure that um, you have stuff like PIO that can do um, very timing critical stuff um, that, that is easily configurable and, and can change around. Um, um, you know, make sure that everything is well documented and, and you know, doesn't require um, assembly code um, 
you know you can use a higher level language to access it and i think that's that's part of as we're seeing maybe arm chips come translate to risk five you know if you were using arm specific libraries instruction sets ah that sucks because now you have to port it to you know risk five you're using simsys but if you're using python on hardware um you may not need to do that much work at all because um the code is going to be identical because it's on it's a level it's one level higher than the rtos even um, answered one kind of thing because you know some folks are like, oh, I have to jump through a lot of hoops to order a pie. These are the only pies available right now, I think, on the internet. And this is less the work than getting Taylor is, Swift tickets. Well, the other thing is there's a lot of sites that require a huge amount of um, different things you need to do um, because there's bad folks out there. Just to cut to the chase, they buy up all the Raspberry Pis and they sell them on eBay. Um, there's bots that did this over and over and over again. This is why there was a shortage. Makers didn't get them. So all we do is say, so verified account with two-factor authentication, and you can do it. Lots of happy people. Um, there, it's it's a way to have folks you're watching live. You're going to definitely get one if you order right now. Yeah, I mean, like anyone who's watching live, you've had 20 minutes. It, it looks like the bots are down tonight um, that just do the notifications. So I know you may, this is like pretty rare. I, I think I. <laughs> I think we timed it right. Like I said, usually during business hours, when you know the people who run all these different um, sites or inventory watchers, um, they're around. I think it just happens to be you know they're probably eating dinner with the kids, and they're not looking at their 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 website scrapers. And Quick, stuff like bots that. are asleep. Bye, pies. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So um, let's uh, continue on. Let's do a little bit of open source software. Speaking of open source hardware, we've got a ton of guides, Lady Ada. We have a ton of open source hardware. What's yes. on the board this week? Okay, so we've got some guides. I will admit I did not do as many. There's even more guides that have been updated that I have to get to. But um, thanks, JP, for being patient. We finally got his power wash simulator nozzle control if you're playing the game power wash and you want to like feel like you're power washing for real with a proper uh power washing nozzle you can fit it out with some electronics and as you wave it back and forth you will power wash your van and your cat and your garage and whatever else you want to power wash in the game um brent has sorry, brent has also been doing a massive rewrite of the adafruit io basic guides thanks also to tyeth who's helping out um they're updating it. It now covers Whippersnapper. It has new screenshots. It's better than ever. These, those guides are like easily uh, a decade old. They were written by three generation ago people who worked on IL, um, Todd. Uh, and you did great, but uh, it's time for a refresh. So we've been refreshed. And it also got a new guide over there. Uh, the, the Pokemon Macrobile. I think we have a video. We, already, we played the video already. Thank you. Um, from JP. Um, just using, I think it was like JP, GP2X or something. It's a um, firmware for the Raspberry Pi Pico that allows it to turn into like a, a keyboard macro converter, which is awesome. Uh, you don't have to do any coding. Um, you don't have to open up an IDE. It's all web programmed. And if you use the Pico H, which we stock, um, to turn on the trigger, you just put a wire. You don't have to do any breadboarding or anything. Even a simple wire can be used uh, to create um, a macro. So this is a macro that spins you around so you can hatch eggs in uh yeah. pokemon silver and, i don't know and if you look on our on our learn system there's a new link called playground and uh, i have it here um yeah. you'll recognize some uh folks from the community dj Devin, c grover there's a lot of 
um, guides that we wanted to get out there from the community using the authoring tool that we have and having all the things that people love, which is no ads, um, no weird tracking. You can um, look at all the guides without having to log no in. Login required. And you can see them full page. And there's no shenanigans. <laughs> and we don't sell your data. We're not using yeah, this to, and, to market. We don't make you sign up for there's no sorry. thing that pops up and says so, well, sign up for a newsletter. Yeah. Now. And so, you know, there's 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 sites out there that do contest sites and they have an ad model and sponsorship and we have RSS so, feeds. Yeah. And so we're just going a different way. Buy some hardware from us that keeps us going. Um, but this is kind of our, you know, another, you know, we think put more value into the world. So um, just a couple highlights this is kind of neat. Um, this is, I think DJ Devin's in the chat too. You can check out um, this guide. You can- um, Epic, and we're gonna be adding more and more. I mean, we're, we start out really slow, like we didn't even allow um, Google to index these pages and we like kept them, you know, we only highlighted once from the people that we knew and now we're letting more people, um, you know, get highlighted. We're gonna yeah. allow embedding. And we use this for our team too. So this yeah. is our own tools that we like to use as well. So anyways, um, we thought this was fun and interesting and, you know, we support do not track on the site. So, you know, you have to click through for a YouTube video there. This is kind of the place it's, it's kind of like back in, back in, back in the day, the way the web used to be. So, um, you know, I think, um, oh, breaking news, the Pi 5 just hit RPI locator. So yeah, it's going to go in a second. Yeah, go, go, yeah. go, 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 go. So, you know, one of the things that we like to say is like Adafruit's a good cause and a good business. And the feedback you get sometimes is, well, you can't do both. And I think when people say you can't do both, they're kind of, the, I don't mean this in a mean way, but they're kind of the problem because you can do both. You can just, it's, maybe it's easier to go another way, but that's why we're doing this. We think this is a good thing for the community where they can just know that it's going to be here. It's around, there's not ads, there's nothing weird about it. You don't, it's not trapping people in. Um, and it gets the information out there. It celebrates open source and it comes from us and, you know, get a hold of us or, you know, we're around. <laughs> so it's not like who, where does it, who owns this? What is this? It's us. Who is really in charge? Yeah. And so anyways, we thought this is uh, something that folks would join. So far, so good. Yes. So please so, uh, check it out. All right. Let's um, go to some main New York City factory footage.
that's our factory footage for the week this week so let's do some 3d printing we're going to play these back to back we have a you know the day after halloween the holiday decorations go up so we get some holiday projects and a speed up we're going to play that right now build a light up 3d printed tree with led noodles a cutie pie and an led driver This features eight helical spokes that spiral and taper to form a tree. Each LED noodle fades sequentially, creating a subtle effect. Powered by an Adafruit Cutie Pie RP2040, this tiny dev board connects to an AW9523 LED driver with Stemma QT. Adorned atop the tree is an elegant topper with the Adafruit logo as its star. Wires are cleverly strung down the center of the tree, concealed under heat shrink tubing. The tree stands at 11.5 inches tall, making a festive addition to any holiday decor. CircuitPython support for the AW9523 LED driver lets you control LEDs with PWM. The demo code features gamma correction for controlling the brightness of each LED. We think this is a good resource for LED projects where you want smooth fading. The dev board and LED driver reside in a mount that's secured to the base of the tree with screws. A cover fits over the base and features an engraved symbol of a snowflake. We hope this inspires you to check out LED Noodles and CircuitPython for your festive projects. Don't forget every Wednesday there is 3D Hangouts with No Pedro. You can learn how to make all those things. More the longest running and only live 3D printing show on planet Earth. Um, don't forget to code to STEM Day. It does not apply to Raspberry Pi units as a reminder. Um, Y'all know that, but gotta say it. Uh, we're still doing some Pi stuff right now. There is only 62 left. Let's go check it out just to see if that's still this refresh a minute ago. 61. Cool. There's 61 Raspberry Pi, five, eight gigabytes. These will go fast. You can get these now. Um, just make sure you have two-factor authentication and your account's verified that keeps the bots and the people buying them over and over and over and trying to sell those on eBay. Bad human, but there's things that we can do to uh, make it better. Okay, let's do some line up here. IPI brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. Every single week we have something cool that's new. This week from BeagleBoard.org. Yes. The open source hardware provider, one of your favorite 
small board computers. I think it's one of the tr only true open source hardware single board computers. Yeah. Um, which I give them a lot of credit for. We'll talk about that. They what have is a it? board that just got released this week, so it's perfect timing because it's in stock at DigiKey. Speaking of, it is the Beagle Fire Five uh, or Beagle Five Fire. Sorry. This is fire. It's this is, fire. This is fire. And uh, it's called that because it features a polar fire processor. So it looks a lot like the BeagleBone Black, if you guys remember that. And they've also had like the BeagleBone Green, da, 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 multiple versions, and the Beagle 5 ahead. This is the new fire, uh, which comes with lots of hardware accessories, the same pinout compatibility, uh, works with accessories that have already been created for the Beagle uh, Bone Black and Green, but... Uh, it has a new processor core. Let's just look at the back real fast. It's got this new Sizigizi uh, connector, which is kind of neat, uh, micro SD, um, and lots of passive components. The top is what the exciting part is because it is featuring um, a Polar Fire SOC FPGA from Microchip, and that's where the fire comes from. The five is because it has WISC 5 core, and the fire is from Polar Fire. So, what it's got on the inside is a core, and this is interesting, is, you know, I thought it was like, oh, there's a processor and there's a separate FPGA, but it's actually like a, a yes, it's a FPGA slash processor, but it's combined, actually, it's in one chip. Um, it's for the Polar Fire family, which I will admit, I should have written down the exact part number. It's in the text that goes with this um, video, I don't recall it, but uh, the Polar Fire family, and inside are five processor cores, four of which are fast enough to run Linux. And one of them is like a mo monitor core. So like it's a lower power microcontroller core that could probably be used for, um, uh, you know, monitoring the system and doing, you know, a, a low power sleep mode type stuff when you want to shut down the main core. Uh, and this is very interesting because originally the BeagleBone um, was ARM Cortex-A8s and family, and now they're moving more to RISC-V. And as we know, Risk architecture is going to change everything. Yeah. Risk is good. Risk is good. Um, so the Risk Five uh, core processors inside, like I said, there's it's a quad core. Uh, it's based on the Risk Five specification, so it does not have an ARM core. Instead, um, and this is not implemented on the FPGA. These are actually separate and on the same like die or whatever, the same package as the FPGA. Um, but these are, you know, you're not emulating the RISC-V. The RISC-V is like there, it's in ROM, silicon, whatever. It's not emulated and are implemented within the FPGA and it follows specifications. And it's um, it's a core that they have even ported Linux to. So you it does, like most BeagleBones, uh, boot into Linux Ubuntu. Um, and this is interesting because, you know, a lot of people are, uh, you know, as I mentioned, ARM has been looking to maybe update their um, pricing for um core or device you know royalties um you're interested in designing you know custom silicon normally you would go straight to what well, you're either an 8051 uh or you'd go to arm but now there's kind of like you know a third party has entered the chat risk five and this chip you know is mean an interesting way for folks who want to take advantage of using the you know open and unlicensed risk five architecture but also want to create additional hardware interfaces that may not require you to necessarily come up with your own silicon, right? You get the benefit of custom fast hardware interfacing um, without the silicon because the RISC-V core parts take care of for you and you do the FPGA part for the extra and at no point do you pay ARM anything, which is you know, a nice benefit. 
Uh, all right, so this is the part number. It's the MPF S025T. So this is, um, you know, the 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 polar fire core that again is the it's the system on chip slash FPGA that is the heart and runs Linux on the Beagle Fire. Um, it's got the hard CPU and the FPGA edition. The FPGA fa fabric, um, you know, I've got the specs down here, uh, 23,000 logic elements, uh, four input LUTs, uh, 68 math blocks, um, 2.7 gigabit per second SIRDES lanes. And separately, if you see the microprocessor subsystem, there's also one 64-bit uh, uh, RISC-V 64 iMac monitor boot core and four risc four. Risk five GC application cores, and that's what's running your you know, operating system, um, and talks to the FPGA. And then there's also um, RAM controllers and other you know peripheral accessories that are needed to get your Linux or whatever operating system you want up and booted. Um, some more specifications. Uh, so the the core has you know it's it has onboard memory, which I thought was uh, sorry. This this is the specs for the. Beagle 5 itself. So in addition to that FPGA SOC core, which has your microcontroller, your microprocessor, and your FPGA, it also has, you saw SD, SDIO slot, um, quad SPI, has um, uh, NVRAM, which I think you could probably use for storing like, you know, FPGA configuration. Um, so it looks like uh, EEPROM NVM, maybe SRAM NVM. Uh, it's got two gigabyte of LPDDR4 memory. 16 gigabyte of onboard MMC. So, you know, if you want to use an SD card, but you don't have to, you can boot directly um, from the built-in MMC memory. And SPI flash, I bet the SPI flash is for um, the FPGA uh, uh, configuration. And all the hardware that is, you know, standard, I mean, they've packed a lot more hardware than usual, um, you know, now comes with um, M.2 key. So you can do PCIe SDIO, has a CSI connector, has uh, ethernet gigabit, USB-C high speed, um, and of course the um, uh, it has Tag Connect for JTAG debugging, and it has those like two by twenty headers for connecting capes and other accessories that would be designed for the BeagleBone. Um, I put this here just because there's like it, you know, a lot of details about the the Polar Fire SOC. Um, I've never worked with one of these processors, but I think you know, I think what's interesting here is you get the benefit of you know if you don't want to you you want FPGA for you know hardware interfacing you want to uh, drive specialty um machinery robotics um, motor controllers led displays you know tfts whatever you do that on the FPGA side but you know the part that you don't have to worry about the linux kernel device drivers memory management um that's in hardware and taking care of for you but you have a very tight connection between the two because they're on the same uh, on the same chip package. The chip itself is 75 bucks. So if you're just buying this just as a dev board for the Polar Fire, it's actually a pretty good deal because you get you know, the whole thing for 150 and you get all those other accessories and it's fully assembled and tested. Compared to most FPGA dev boards, uh, this is a really good deal. Most FPGA dev boards are like in the couple hundred dollar range. Um, this one has everything. And like I said, you turn it on and it immediately boots into Ubuntu. Quite nice. All the accessories built in. One nice thing I noticed that they have screw terminal power because that could be nice for industrial applications and robotics. Um, they do have a JTAG uh, tag connect. They've got the cape header, built-in memory, built-in flash, um, camera connectivity. The 
PCIe camera and cape headers do go through the FPGA. So that's where you would, if you're going to program the hardware interfacing, that's where they would come out into. Um, LEDs, on off button, um, built in Ethernet driver, that's kind of handy. Uh, notice that there's no Wi Fi or wireless, but I think what they're expecting is people would use this with, if you're using one gigabit Ethernet, you need um, high data transfer bandwidth, and so you wouldn't necessarily use Wi Fi. Uh, on the back, um, this Sizigizi connector is interesting. I was like, is this a standard? It's something they came up with, but it's basically like you have M.2. This is like another M.2 like thing where you have uh, a bunch of fast lanes if you need to, um, you know, connect to some hardware that requires uh, very fast differential signaling. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, one of the nice things is because it's the same size as the BeagleBone Black, you can use stuff like our case, which is in stock at DigiKey. Thank you, uh, Jason Kridner, who, uh, you know, mentioned this if they were an event. Um, they just used our case, uh, which has a nice clear top, and popped the uh, Beagle Fire in, and it fit just, just fine because it's exactly the same physical layout as it was before. And uh, it does have CAPE compatibility, so, you know, you know, you can plug in existing hardware that you've designed for previous versions of uh, the Beagle Bone, and I think we still still stock our prototyping cape, so you can use that as well. For talking to the FPGA, so obviously, you know, the Risk Five part, it, you know, you boot the Linux image, uh, you burn it in over USB or whatever, uh, or you have it on the SD card, you're good to go. But if you want to program the FPGA, you're going to have to use uh, Libero. It looks like a lot of people want to use YoYo Assist, but it's not available. Um, again, I don't know a ton about the different open source tool chains, but they do provide tool chain. And it looks like when you register the device with Libero, you enter the MAC address for, um, the BeagleBoard flyer and you get a floating license. So you don't have to, I don't, I do not believe you have to pay for a separate IDE for the FPGA. And they're providing the gateware that will interface with, you know, maybe CSI. So they have like the basics to get you communicating over that as well as M.2. So you know that's your when you're doing the fpga you're like what is the hardware i'm interfacing with those are your hardware interfaces for the custom fpga work that you might want to do and um like i said this is one of the few truly open source hardware single board computers the files are up on their um own git repository not on github they have their own private git repo um they posted the files i looked the schematics are there the board files are there gerbers are there you could run your own board if you wanted to available on digikey yes it's actually in stock as of like today so i wasn't going to feature i was going to feature something else last minute these came into stock uh so check it out you can pick one of these up i think you know for the price if you want to do polar fire development um and you want to have again the stability of having a, a well maintained linux distribution ubuntu and then you have your robotics platform running on top of it this is definitely going to be well, way more well integrated than taking a single board computer, buying a separate FPGA, and then like trying to yeah. mush them together. Like, here's yes. what I'm gonna say. Yeah. If you're the type of person who likes buying dev boards, likes experimenting, please buy one of these, and I'll tell you why. This is the most important thing I think. What? Beaglebone.org continues to do open source hardware. Not everybody does. They do. They do a really good job. And this is you could say it. You could say you like it. You could say all those things. Buy a board and they are one of the very very few i don't i don't i don't believe there's any other and you know they, their door. origins came from texas instruments this is really cool yeah. so um pick one up that's this week's i don't know
Okay, new product's going to be short this week. We have a revision, then we're going to go into some top secret and some questions and get you out of here, lady. Yes. Let's uh, jump right in. Okay, the new product of the week this week is a revision. Yeah, it's a revision, but it's a pretty big revision. Uh, Rev B of the ESP32 S3 Metro. I messed up Rev A. Um, <laughs> it's a very exciting way in which I messed it up. I accidentally used the Octal PSRAM pins uh, on the SPI port, um, and it passed test because when I was doing my testing, I tested the PSRAM and then later tested the SPI, and I was like, oh, everything seems to be working. And if I had done that in the opposite direction, I probably would have caught this error. Um, but now it's fixed. So uh, Rev B is fixed. Moved a bunch of pins around, so just be aware. Uh, if you have a Rev A, uh, very f unlikely you do because we didn't sell that many before this was caught. Uh, just email um, Adafruit support, and we'll send you out a Rev B in exchange. And you'll have to update uh, to the latest version of Arduino and um, Circuit Python if you want to get uh, those SPI pins and the NeoPixel updated because all those have to move around. But other than that, most of the pins didn't change. It's still, I think, a really great board, and I'm glad it's out. Uh, a really good development platform for the ESP32 S3 with eight megabytes of um, Octo PSRAM, 16 megabytes of flash, uh, and uh, you know lots of add-ons like you know, could run off of nine or 12 volt power, uh, the RX and TX hardware interfaces exposed, micro SD card slot, the USB type C, 7QT battery power. It has fairly good low power support on off switch uh yeah it's a nice dev board for uh, esp32 s3 configuration all right and with that is new products of the week this week okay so load up your questions over on discord um some folks already have yes discord discord.gg forward slash adafruit um we're gonna do some top secret right now play four videos and then we're gonna bounce with questions and uh that'll be our show for tonight so load them up in the discord chat here is uh some top secret All right, Lady Ada, what is this? This is a 2.1 inch 480 by 40 uh, display. We've shared this off with our Qualia ESP32 uh, RGB666 driver because this is a raw TTL display. But what's new is that uh, we now have a driver for the capacitive touch. Yay! Thank you, Melissa, for writing the driver. Normally, um, these displays use a focal tech chip, but this one actually uses like a CST who knows, some other uh, manufacturer for the capacitive touch, but she did a great job doing Arduino and CircuitPython libraries. Uh, next up, we're going to get the capacitive touch working for Big Bertha here. This is the four inch diagonal screen, a really beautiful, large, um, covered with fingerprints, uh, bezeled capacitive touch. Uh, this one has a separate little tail for the cap touch, but uh, we'll make a little breakout for it and hopefully get this one up and running soon. So lots of round touches. All right, Lady Ada, what's this? This is me testing out my new rev of the 3.5 inch 480 by 320 TFT Featherwing. Um, historically, this used an STMP 610 or 811 discontinued uh, and end of line. So now it's a TSC 2007, which is also I squared, which is nice. Add the stomach QT port. Still has the SD card reset on off. Uh, oops, forgot a pull up resistor. 
new boost converter for the backlight, and I'm running this demo, and the way the demo works is I want to test as much hardware as possible. So it draws on the screen, it loads an image from the SD card, and then it turns on um, these little touchscreen paint uh, demo so I can verify that you know the I squared C works, the TSC works, the IRQ works, the SD card, the backlight, and the display. And this hardware is good. Gonna add this resistor and send out some PCBs. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Well, I had a bunch of time yesterday thanks to having a day off. At Adafruit, we give everybody the day off, which means I can work on some hardware. This ICN6211, it's a DSI to RGB TTL converter. So on the other side here, I've got this beautiful four inch by uh, 720 by 720 screen, but I'm gonna get it working with like these round displays that I've got, capacitive touch, bar displays. I've got here my Pi 5, uh, I've got the cable adapter. I'm using my Pico probe to do the console debugging for the kernel hacking. I got a mouse here, and then um, this is, uh, you know, going through the DSi connector to the CTL display, and it's like a full speed um, display, and I can like use my mouse and click things, and I can open up a web browser. Um, and right now, what I'm working on is configuring the ICN 6211 automatically using this AT Tiny. Um, 1616, and then what I've got here is, oh wait, I've got here is my uh, little CP2104 to UPDI converter. So there's a ton of stuff going on here. Hold on, let me restore my graphics. But what's really nice about using DSi is it's like full color, 24-bit, beautiful, high speed, much better than SPI TFT displays. So um, it's happening, coming soon. What is this? This is a Raspberry Pi Pico probe. And you see here that there's like a little U and here there's a D. This is the debug port for SWD debug. And this is a UART port. And this exposes a serial COM port that you can use to debug things like a Raspberry Pi 5. So if you want to set up your Raspberry Pi 5 and you don't want to SSH in and you want the debug output, you can connect to the little UART port here. It's a JST SH3 using um, the Pico probe and the cable that comes with it. And um, here it is in the shop. So it's 12 bucks. And it even comes with, um, you know, the cable that you need to plug it right in. So there's no soldering required. And then it shows up in, uh, like here, it shows up as a serial port, not the Scilabs one, this one, COM8. And then I just use PuTTY and I'm in and I can like edit my device tree overlay stuff. What I'm working on is trying to get uh, these cool displays working. So you need to be able to log into the Pi 5 and uh, debug some kernel stuff. But it's happening. And uh, this is a cool, handy trick if you have one of these. All right, and live to the uh, top secret. Oh, sorry, this is the top secret uh, view here. Yeah, so this is, um, I just wanted to show because this, this is kind of fun. I've been working on this. Uh, so this is the Pi 5, and what's neat is it actually has two display ports. So I'll be able to have two of these um, displays at once, and I'll just focus it in. So this is one of our nice uh, four inch square 720 by 720 displays. Um, and we also got like the round displays and the rectangular displays hopefully working soon. And this is going through our, um, the ICN6211 dev board. I have to do a couple changes to this board, so it's not quite ready yet. Um, but uh, it connects through uh, the TTL to this chip that then converts it to be able to take uh, DSi data from the Raspberry Pi. And, you know, what's nice about um, the... Um, the DSi interface is how fast it is. So there's no tearing. Um, it's like instantaneously fast. It has the hardware acceleration um, update. So basically, you know, it uses the same core as HDMI, 
Um, and I don't think this has internet because I think it was using ethernet, but uh, let me see, I can um, open up a browser uh, and you know, if this was working, I could get to the internet. Oh yeah, the internet is like, hey, I'm not working. Um, mm. Oh yeah, I don't have, yeah, I, don't, I did forgot to put in the password, but um, coming soon. And um, what, you know, my goal is to make it so you can connect any screen and configure it without having to compile any kernels or um, do any like complicated device tree stuff that you can be able to plug in anything with the same connector, just like we did for the ESP32 S3, but now doing it for the Raspberry Pi. Okay. So coming soon, and not, not yet, don't ask. That's top secret. Okay, uh, we're gonna do the questions now. Uh, we have a bunch lined up. Okay, so first up, a uh, little shout out. Thanks, Melissa, for the quality update. Just starting to play with now. Yes, she's uh, she's actually cool. constantly working on it. So yeah. more chips, uh, more displays coming soon. And then this one, someone wanted to know how to use a stomach QT display with the Feather ESP32 V2. Um, the folks suggested um, Discord. An OLED, yeah. Like, it's one of our OLED display. We don't have any TFTs that are I2C, but we have OLEDs that are I2C. You could plug it in, and we have Arduino code, and we have CircuitPython code. Okay. Um, someone asked if it supports 5-volt I.O. Uh, Metro M7 5-volt I.O. compatible. Can you use 5-volt shields? Uh, no, it can't. But honestly, so many Metros and Arduinos are 3-volt only that most don't require 5-volts anymore. They use the I.O. ref pin. Uh, and so you can use, you know, three or five volts. So mm -hmm. I don't know specifically what you're talking about. Uh, you can get five volt power, but the logic level is going to be 3.3. I think only like the new um, Uno R4 is a fast five volt um, compatible you know, shield uh, board. It's, just, it's very rare to see um, faster chips these days that are five volt logic and have USB. Okay. Uh... Someone noticed it was going around on the socials. Um, looks like JLCPCB is going to do UV printing on circuit boards. That'll be a lot of fun. People will be able to do a lot of cool artwork. We'll experiment with it as soon as it comes out. Um, looking forward to it as well. Uh, will the hardware light mod still be required on new revision of the 3.5 inch TFT Featherwing like it did in the original version for the PWM backlight? Yeah, it does not have the backlight automatically connected because it's easy to solder a wire and I wanted to save pins. Okay, is it difficult or costly to make a Wi-Fi board with both chip antenna and UFL? It's not trivial because you have to have a, a, a switch that will switch between the two if you want to not have like a stub. Um, so it's non-trivial and that's uh, why you don't really see it so much. I'm trying to think if there's any dev boards I know of that have both. I don't. I think usually you have one or the other. Um, you could design it, just most people don't want to spend the extra dollar or two. Um, next up, is USB-C power delivery enough to run a Pi 5, or do I need to get one of the official power supplies? You can absolutely use any USB power delivery 5 volt 3 amp power supply. You just won't get as much current to the USB port. You know, is it enough? I mean, you have to just, you know, add up the, your power budget. Um, I think as long as you're not trying to drive a gigantic screen off of it, or you're not at USB. Well, people are saying they're they're doing fine with that. Yeah, I think if you're like if you plug in like a hard drive and you're like, okay, I want to run that off of USB. You'll probably find out. Yes, you'll find out. <laughs> plug around and find out. <laughs> um, 
And then uh, this is a really good question. We'll probably end it with this tonight. Do you ever plan on getting into the cat, cats of engineering? So we had a cat MOSFET. You'll probably remember MOSFET. Amazing cat. Still think about MOSFET every day. Um, and a great cat. Great cat. You know, ran Adafruit with us from, you know, a tiny apartment to all the way. She was there for our first. For first, everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have a kid now. And so we don't have any pets. And um, one of the things that we're noticing is our kid likes dogs. And, you know, that's cool. <laughs> So there might be a doggo of engineering, um, maybe a cat I'm of engineering. I'm a dog daughter. person, but I, she but, really likes But dogs. what I thought we would do is wait until she can you know, talk and say sentences and then listen to what she wants to do. Because I feel like if we're going to get a pet. It buys us some time. Yeah. So, yes, the answer is yes. At some point, absolutely. Um, for a cat, you know, the name that we had already picked out was Gerber's. And we called it, so don't do it. You can't. Don't even think about naming your cat Gerber's. Because yeah. we called Dibs yeah. on Gerber's the cat. And, and Zener the cat's also taken by evil mad scientists. You can't call your yeah. cat Zener. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can. Actually, okay. nobody's stopping you. Okay. Go um, for it. Them's our questions. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. So don't forget the code is STEM day. We very much appreciate you hanging out with us. We of course ran out of Raspberry Pis. It hit zero just a little while ago. Great. Um, a couple of people were a little mean. They sent some nasty emails, by the way, I checked. Um, they're a little mean. Um, you know what? They, you know, they, they just didn't get them in time and they were angry about that, but we do it every week. It's the most fair, but then there was so many people who were like, thanks for trying to make everything fair and doing such a good job. So it's okay. Um, that just happens. It wasn't, it wasn't like it used to be, which was really bad. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like a bazillion emails. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I just want to say thanks to everyone who, when you have context, you see what we do every week and try to make everything fair for everyone. Um, but if you're watching and you're frustrated, don't worry, make an account, get two factor authentication. When we have high units, that is the best way. There's all sorts of notic notifications that we do. Um, you'll get an email when we have enough. There's the shows that we do live. Do our best that we can. And uh, I'm thankful for the folks who who have told us, hey, good job. You know, I got one. I, and, I, and I do this for a living. Or I, I've seen this in the communities or I've seen this in the electronics world. And, and you're doing a good job with this. So we appreciate that. Um, that is our show this week. We will see you next week. Thanks, this everybody. has been an Adafruit production. A special thanks to Zay behind the scenes, our entire community, our customers, our team who makes this thing go. We will see you later. Here is your moment of zero.